All right, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of the Young Life Podcast. We are so glad you're here, as we are every single week. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Of course, if you're chatting along with us, say hello in the comments. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm the Young Life Pastor here. Why don't you guys introduce yourself as you do every week? Uh, how's it going, everybody? My name's Elliot. I host the Open Concepts Podcast every Tuesday, and I'm also a French uh, study student at York University. So nothing's changed. Same old, same old. Same, yeah. Still <laughs> Elliot. It's good. Hey, my name's Aiden. I am a Vanguard College online student, and oh, <laughs> no, we're, leave, we're leaving it in, that's Aiden. It. Aiden, tell the people who we are. <laughs> I don't know it who happens. I am. It happens. Aiden, Aiden's having an existential crisis live on the podcast. Having an identity crisis. Sense. Yeah. Ben, introduce yourself. We'll come back to Aiden before someone else's internet blows up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm Ben. I am a student at Tyndale University studying biblical theology. I am one of the uh, hosts for the TYL small group on Sunday Ew. evenings. Yeah, if you haven't right. come out yet, Woo. you need to. Uh, and that's about all you need to know about me. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Aiden, who are you again? <laughs> Run it back. I'm, a- I'm Aiden. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like share. Uh, it's just Aiden. It's good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's always a privilege to have you guys join us on Monday nights. We're always so glad to be together. And shout out again to everybody watching below. Last week, we had our question of the week. And we were talking about worship with Pastor Josh. You can check that out, episode four. You can find it on our YouTube playlist. Uh, talking about the best worship song of all time. So we have some answers. We'll hear them back and see uh, some reactions. See how you guys feel oh about it. Right. God Only Knows by For King and Country. That's a good one. I'm not necessarily a huge For King and Country fan, but I could get down with that song. Uh, Victoria Cochran says, Baby Got Back. You know, that's a weird Christmas <laughs> one. It's a weird Christmas <laughs> worship song, but you know, all those songs about th- never mind. Uh, number three, <laughs> no, no, keep going. <laughs> no, done. It's just, just, hard cut. Mind, Scott. No, you just gotta filter yourself. Every once in a while. Uh, Salvation is here, but the Ooh. Lincoln Brewster version, all those OG a, songs, Hillsong United guy. Okay. Can't do, identify. Do you guys find the older you're getting now, you kind of like get locked into the songs that you grew up in with youth? I don't know. Like, oh I yeah, feel, I now understand the mindset when I was like younger at a church, being like, "Why do the older people always want to sing the same songs?" I get it now. It's not good, but I'm just saying I get it. Salvation is here is a classic. Lincoln Brewster rips that one's good. Uh, so will I. A hundred billion X. Oh, if I'm saying yeah. that one right, uh, that's a uh, that's one that's pretty good. Uh, Anchor. I don't think I know that song actually. Do you guys know that song? Anchor. Yeah, it's, there's two it's, of them. It's retro hill song. Retro ben, song and this ben, about the ben, one sing too, us a bit. I don't know. Yeah, that give song. us a few bars there. Yeah, I don't know that song. So ben. far, you're a good listener. So far, you're a Bible theologian. But ladies, can he sing? That's the real question. The answer is yes. <laughs> oh, Elliot, look at that wingman up there. That's awesome. Elliot, I know where you live, bro. <laughs> come, come scandal over, of ben. grace. We got scandal of grace. That's oh, a good. That's one. a good one. That's a good one. First Bethel. First Bethel pick is have it all. Uh, that one's good. And okay, we kind of have albums. Awesome. These are the three that I saved for last because I really think these are like the real contenders for all time, best all time worship song. Great Are You Lord, which everybody's gotten saved to at least once. Oceans, 
which everybody's prayed for their friend at overflow singing oceans at least once. Dang. And the stand is like the multi gener. I stand by it. I said it last week. Steven Parsons is here in the comments backing me up. <laughs> the stand is like the ultimate hand raiser. What do you guys think? I, I think if you haven't like cried in worship to all three of those songs, you don't actually love Jesus. <laughs> oh, like dang, that's, man. That's, that's just, it's just an accepted <laughs> response. I think like, are you saved if you haven't worshiped oh. to all three of those songs? Then yes, I'm looking ben, forward to question people's faith, Ben. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what the application looks like at the church you pastor one day, Ben, and it's going to have on there. Have you cried at any of the following songs? If no, <laughs> Please read application in half. Yeah. Get out, out of my church out here. And Stephen also went as far to say the stand is the best worship song, but the greatest song of all time. He threw in the greatest song of all time is How Great Thou Art. That it is, is well written. <laughs> yeah, that's like the like Stephen's a newfie. And that is like the most Lab City answer I've ever heard to what is the greatest song of all time. But we'll let it Baby Got Back might take it, man. That, that might take, that, that might take the dub. The big old dub right there. Oh, mighty to save. Yeah, that's, mighty to that's, save, a, man. that's a deep cut one. Ooh, well, maybe it's not yeah. that deep cut, but it's it's on your it mom's favorite workout playlist. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely on that playlist. Well, tonight we're talking about a culture of kindness. Speaking of ripping on each other in the question of the week. Uh, <laughs> we're actually talking about a culture of kindness. And, you know, as we kind of get into this, we live in a digital age where there's conversations and opinion and all sorts of stuff flying all over the place. And uh, I think as believers, we have an opportunity to rise above it all because I feel like today talk is kind of cheap. You know what I mean? Like there's so much talk that it's like, well, does it really mean anything anymore? And so ways that we can really be impacting people with the gospel, you know, maybe we can let our actions speak louder than words. That's kind of what we're talking about tonight. We have Pastor Jason Small. He's the director of the New Churches Network. He is a church planter, and now he is the director and kind of helps find church planters and develop them and send them out. He's got a pretty cool job. We sit down with him to talk about uh, ways we can be involved in our community. In the church, Jason planted a church for 14 years. Uh, it was called Community Church in Waterdown. I'm a little biased. I may have worked there at one point, but uh, Jason and Carla Small uh, really led a church that was very well known in their community, like sorely missed. When they resigned at the church, uh, the community got together and gave them an award for community members of the year. And so they just have awesome, awesome uh, history with being involved in their community and just practical ways that we can kind of show kindness and goodness. So I'm really excited for them coming up there. They're unreal. Uh, but before we jump into it, I want to talk about kindness a little bit, because I think kindness makes all the difference. And uh, at least in my life, maybe in your life, you know, what's a time when a simple act of kindness has made the difference for you? Go. Uh, I'm going to say all the times that my girlfriend or mom or whoever has like brought me something at work like a like a booster <laughs> juice or a starbucks to get me through the shift yeah. those times are the best it's true to know you're being thought of and it's like aiden could probably use this right now yeah, yeah that's great yeah. that's a simple thing totally yeah. someone else yeah for for me it's when somebody just like reaches out just to like see how i'm doing if it's like a text or a call just like hey what's going on with your life the the person that shows enough investment to actually like care to continue to hold a relationship and ask how it's going. That to me always makes a big difference. Elliot. No, uh, I, my mind's a little more specific. I had a 
I had I was in a recent fender bender where it was my fault, and um, thankfully the 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 guy was like kind of my age, young adult as well, and so like uh, I had to end up t- uh, like paying for for a lot of the for some of the damages. It wasn't too bad, thankfully. Um, but like he out of he got out of his way to like help me find like the lowest prices of like repairs and stuff oh, like that's that, which is awesome. really nice. Cause like if he did it, it would cost a pretty penny, like an arm and a leg. But thankfully, like he was kind enough to to help me in that area, which was he didn't have to do that. Exactly. I was just gonna say he didn't have to do that. No. You know? And I think that's a big part of what we're talking about tonight is you know, we we could choose to do nothing. And yet our faith should inspire us to do something like, and simple things. I think sometimes we get caught up on, unless we can do like these grand gestures that like, you know what I mean? Like the Instagram worthy gesture of like kindness <laughs> that we kind of feel like it might be insignificant. I feel like that's kind of the plague of a little bit more of the dig- digital age of, well, unless it could really blow people away, is it even worth doing? Uh, mm. And, and, you know, I think you guys all have great examples. Like they're just small things. Like Mikhail and I came home one day at Christmas break and pulled into our driveway. And one of our neighbors had snowplowed our driveway. And like, it's such a simple thing, but like it meant so much. It actually meant so much to like one of our neighbors thought enough of us to be like, Oh, you know what? Like they're expecting a baby and his wife, like it, it snowed since we'd been out. And by the time we had come back, they had cleared the whole driveway. And I don't know, just simple, simple little things. And you know, that's what we're talking about tonight. Our Young Life Download, what are some simple ways that we can begin to not just talk, but embody our faith? And, you know, when we don't live out our faith, our talk is a little cheap. It can come across a little cheap. And if we want to really want to be people who are good witnesses of the gospel, I totally think it might be time to let our actions speak louder than words. And so we have our Young Life Download coming up right now. And then we have Pastor Jason Small joining us after that. Can't wait for you to be there with us. Check it out right now. Well, tonight, we're, this isn't my third attempt at starting. Well, tonight, we're kicking off a series talking, a two-week series about a culture of kindness. And I want to talk about, you know, we, we always mention the temperature of the day and the climate of our culture, and they're important things to be aware of as believers who are going to engage with culture, not run away from culture. And so how can we do that? And, you know, I, I think we can always find ourselves in the position of maybe being defenders of culture and coming to the defense. And I want to challenge us that over the next few weeks, we look at a way that we can be proactive. You know, why don't we be the people to be the first to step in rather than feel like we need to have the last word? You know, how we embody our faith and how we serve reveals who we serve. And that's really what I want to camp on tonight as we talk about a culture of kindness. How we embody the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven really demonstrate who we serve. You know, there are moments where, yes, we might need to speak up, but is that our first initial reaction? And when we speak up, is that backed up by a life that has embodied and displayed a culture of kindness in the principles of the kingdom of heaven? Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, you and I are to be good witnesses. We're witnesses of God's goodness, his power, his graciousness, all the things that we are to share what we have seen, to display what we know, and to help people get a clearer picture of the truth. 
I don't know about you guys, our family are big crime drama people. We love it. Mikhail and I have watched Blue Bloods. Uh, we watched Suits when it was out. Love the court dr- courtroom drama that comes uh, in all those TV shows. And you know, when that courtroom scene comes on, there's, there's evidence, there's theories, there's guesses of what people believe to be the case. But the nail in the coffin pretty much every single time is a good eyewitness. Someone who has seen it for themselves and can bring clarity to what the truth actually is. And in the same way, you and I, there are lots of people in our lives that they're trying to put together the pieces of some of the big questions of life. They've got educated guesses. There are some theories about what the big answers to life might be. And yet God calls us to be a clear witness that we can bring clarity and truth to people's lives. That's our role. But do we do it in kindness? Do we do it in an attitude and a heart that communicates the graciousness and the goodness of God? And you know, next week we're going to again talk about more how we communicate and what we say. But tonight I want to camp on how we express it, how we display what we know to be true. You know, I've been challenged lately that we need to start there because if my actions don't line up with what the words coming out of my mouth are, I actually rob my witness of its authority and its strength when I am a hypocrite to my own testimony. When I am someone not following through with what I have claimed. You know, there's this great moment in Luke chapter 5. It's, it's verses 17 to 39, and we're going to read it together. This is what it says. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So it says they went up on the roof, they took off some of the tiles, and they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think that he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. He said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And it says, immediately, as everybody watched the man jump up, pick up his mat, and he went home praising God. It finishes with this in verse 26. Everybody was gripped with the great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. You know, we talked about this story in the fall a little bit, but I love this story, and I think it's fitting for what we're talking about today. That in our cultural landscape, uh, full of speculation and opinion and division, you know, actions will speak louder than words. There's a lot of words going around. There's a lot of opinions going around. And so I think as followers of Jesus, to counteract the cultural moment we find ourselves in, we need to allow our actions to speak louder than our words. And you know, I I love these guys in this story. They knew a man who was in need. They knew a man that they needed to bring to Jesus, and they took it upon themselves. They saw a responsibility to take his well-being upon themselves and to do something about it. You know, this would be a very different story if it concluded with them just stopping to explain that Jesus could heal. Jesus heals. I just wanted you to know that in case it wasn't clear. 
and have a great day. It's a very different story if they did not act and add to what they knew and took responsibility to go and do it for somebody else. You know, they allowed themselves to be inconvenienced. They allowed themselves to sacrifice for the sake of somebody else. And they actually ended up having to make a way, tearing the roof off the building so they could get the man to Jesus and discover him in a new way. You know, they talk about how their faith was displayed many times throughout this passage. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the young man, your, your sins are forgiven. From here, the Pharisees freak out, which gives a moment where Jesus can clarify and say, whoa, 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 let me demonstrate to you my power and my uh, authority here on earth. Pick up your mat and walk. And it says, immediately everybody watched and the man jumped up, praising God. And they exclaimed, what we have seen is amazing. And you know, in the world of internet trolls and arguments and fake news and confirmation bias and all the other junk that flood people's hearts and minds today, we don't need another argument. I don't really think we need another debate when it comes to our faith, but we need people who are willing to step in the gap, not just step into conversations. People who are willing to be the first to step up rather than have the last word. And you know what I love about this story is that their faith was on display. Whether you agree with their opinion or the perspective, it was somewhat irrelevant because they were witness to the power and the demonstration of Jesus right in front of their lives. You know, there are incredible moments where we grow in our faith and there's a deeper understanding that comes and there's a place for all of those things. But at what point in my life and your life are we demonstrating what we know to be true? At what point in my life am I not just telling someone or making a case for something, but actually displaying for someone? It's hard to to refute a display of God's goodness and graciousness. It makes it so much more real. And I think in today's culture and climate, we need less parachute preachers who jump in on Facebook and inform everybody. And we need more people who are willing to carry our neighbors and people in our community to the feet of Jesus, to actually put ourselves in a position to do something about it, even if it seems in such a small way. You know, Zechariah, I've used this passage a ton, don't doubt the day of small beginnings. Small beginnings add up to big impact. Small steps, small gestures, things that we trust God with, you know, they add up to a big impact. And so I want to remind you, we've started our Letters of Love campaign. We're going to write letters to Roberta Place, one of the hardest hit places across the province and across the country of people who have been affected by our current situation. And we want to just take a minute to remind them that a group of young adults in their community are at least thinking about them and that they are loved and that they're not forgotten about. And you know, it seems like such a small thing. And yet we want to give an opportunity for us to not just talk about our faith, but demonstrate our faith, to go out of our way, to see who in our community is marginalized and needs a touch and a display of the power and the goodness of God. And we want to do that. And so if you'd like to join us, of course, all the information's already on Instagram, but tomorrow, Tuesday, is the last day you can drop off your letter. If you have not written one yet, you can message our channel directly, you can message me directly, and we'd love to get you set up and participating in what we're going on to do. It's going to be awesome. And you know what? I think it's a simple step. And my challenge to us as we go today is, what can we do? You know, in a world where there's lots of voices, let's not be the last word anymore. Let's be the first one to step in. Even in a small way, as something as easy as writing a letter, or maybe delivering groceries, or shoveling your neighbor's driveway, whatever it might be, let's maybe stop the noise and start participating and acting out what we know to be true. 
Well, we have Jason Small with us today. He is a church planter, and now he's the director of a church plant network. And you know, church planters are the scrappiest of the bunch. They are willing to do anything. And there's this, Jason talks about how desperation kind of breeds creativity. I think that is totally true and can help motivate us and have our eyes open to new ways we can be participating and active in our community and how we can demonstrate our faith. So why don't you check it out right now, our interview with Jason Small. Well, everybody, welcome. We have Jason Small joining us today. Jason, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we get started? Hey, thanks. It's good to be with you, Scott, and good to be here. Um, I'm part of Mapleview Church, so I'm part of uh, the local church there, and uh, we've been here for in Barrie for a couple of years. My wife, Carla's on staff, and uh, we're just loving things in Barrie. Uh, my role, as far as job-wise goes, I, I get to—I have the best job in the whole wide world. I get to work with churches and get new churches started. I also get to work with uh, some of our First Nations communities in the far, far north, and and help out the pastors and the churches there. So, just uh, amazing role that I get to be a part of. You're like the super pastor to church planters. That's kind I, of your job. I get to serve all the church planters, and so that's a that's a good deal. You get to pump them up, and yeah. you have also planted a church yourself. Yeah, so right. lots of uh, lots of fun in that. I even had some amazing staff members uh, back in the day. I don't uh, think so. Yeah, so with the exception <laughs> of like one or two, uh, no, just, <laughs> Scott was amazing. So uh, we started this church called Community Church a uh, number of years ago now, and uh, just had an amazing journey, amazing time in in a community called Waterdown, which is like Burlington Hamilton area. And so just so much fun and just got to be a part of just the joy and the excitement and the fun and the, yeah, all the, all the, that goes with starting a new church. Well, part of the reason why we want to talk to Jason today is because uh, you can maybe speak to this too, Jason, but church plants seem to have this ability to just do anything. Like they'll try literally anything because if they don't, there's mm-hmm. no one coming. Like it's, it's so fresh and so new that, uh, there's this willingness to really try and think outside the box. And that usually results in not just their Sunday morning, but their community presence and how they're involved in their local area. And so Jason's kind of yeah. an expert and gets to see and hear from lots of people well, uh, who do some cool stuff. Yeah. They say desperation uh, breeds creativity, right? And so when <laughs> yeah. you're really desperate uh, to, and usually it's fueled by passion. Like these people, they, yeah. They're not doing it for the glory. They're not there to say, hey, look at us. We're amazing. They're just there because they care about people and they they want to see lives transformed. And so, yeah. Yeah. And as we're talking about this culture of kindness and how we can demonstrate our faith, you know, we're at the you are you watching the news? Anybody watching the news will know that there's lots of things that are frustrating and dividing and uh, arguing and all the things that go along with that. And yet I think our faith has equipped us to be different and to be mm-hmm. countercultural and that we can have a culture of kindness. And a lot of that Jesus did as he spoke about the things to come, he did it in a heart and a spirit that was that of kindness. And he never sacrificed his graciousness to get across the truth. And that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. And so in a world where there's lots of division and frustration and there's accusations and put downs being thrown around, how can we be cult- countercultural and, and how is our faith kind of equipped us to do that well. Yeah, it's good. I think our culture today has uh, what I, I like to call like an outrage culture. So yeah. we, we say, okay, if you really care about something, then you're going to be mad about it. And so that's kind of the culture. Like yes. Demonstrate that we care <laughs> by being angry. 
And so it's like, you have to like, to show that I'm really, I'm going to be angry, angry, angry. And that's so flip-flop to the way of Jesus, right? And so Jesus says, hey, listen, I don't care if you have a totally different worldview than me, I'm still going to love you. I don't care if you like think totally different, I'm going to love you. And so I think for us, uh, countercultural means listening first and saying, okay, how do we listen well? How do we walk with humility? And how do we listen to both sides? Like Jesus hung out with people not like him. And I think our sometimes the culture wants to get in an echo chamber of, okay, you know, I saw a lot of people, they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to, when the election was on in the US, like I'm going to unfriend people on my social that, that don't think the way I do. That's the worst thing you could ever do. Like you need to invite in different opinions into your life. Listen to those. I think you got to choose to be known what you want to be known for too. Like, um, you want to be known as a troll, someone that's out there, like, you know, <laughs> negative on everybody. Some stuff. people do want to be known as a like, troll. Truly. And so, or do you want to say, you know what? I want to be known for someone that's positive. I want to be known as someone who speaks life into situations. I want to be known as someone who speaks hope into situations. I think sometimes we make a mistake where we think we need to start with the wedge issues too. And so we True. think, okay, like, you know, I get so many people, as soon as they know I'm a pastor, they're like, where do you stand on this? Fill in the blank <laughs> yeah. with like hot button topic. You know what I mean? Like, like and it's like, no, 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 no. Don't start with, and th- this is my common response is like, no, we're not going to start there. Get to know me first and out of relationship. Then we'll, uh, we'll talk about that question down the road. And even when I pastor to church, people, would, you know, they try and corner me and say, okay, well, before I come to your church, what's your stance on this? And I say, well, yeah. I'm not going to answer you. Come and experience out of relationship. And then once we're in a relationship, then we can talk about things that are more divisive. But but let's start here. You know what I mean? And if you start on that ground, in Waterdown, uh, when we were pastoring there, one of the great things was like politically, we're, our society is so divided these days. And we had members of uh, like an MPP and an MP on completely other sides of the fence attend our church yeah, as city council member. And how can that happen? Well, it doesn't happen if I'm writing toxic things on social media. Um, it doesn't. Oh, happen. really? It doesn't happen yeah. that way? Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> eh? And so, Come prove me wrong. Sunday mornings yeah. at 10 a.m. That'd be great. And so if you show love to people first and you, yeah. you know, scripture talks about having our conversations seasoned, like with, with a grace or a salt, like that it's clothed in compassion. Um, Proverbs 11, two talks about that when pride comes, disgrace comes, but with humility comes wisdom. The church could use a big dose of humility along the way. Yeah. And a big part of that is servanthood and being Mm -hmm. willing to go above and beyond. And as a church planning yourself and now training and inspiring and coaching and developing church planters, um, they really can demonstrate more than they can say loudly this, this, Mm -hmm culture of kindness sort of idea of like, well, we want to go and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Kind of like you're saying. There's that old adage, you know, that, that idea that no one cares what you believe until they know that you care. And it's so true. Like, yeah, totally. And especially with like the church doesn't always have great PR. Like we haven't always had great. And the church is so diverse that sometimes even though we're out the body, there can be some limbs that are doing their own thing. And you go, well, I want to maybe well, re-correct yeah. that. And I can't necessarily do it with words, but I can do it through actions. Here's the problem with the church and the PR is by definition and design, the church isn't a PR machine. Like we, 
the people who are doing it the best and the people who are serving the people the best are usually the quiet ones. They're the ones just going about and serving because you're not serving for like a show. And so sometimes we get mischaracterized by, by ill intent people on the inside and on the outside trying. And so I think it, it comes back to, it's not about marketing us, but it's about loving and serving people. Here's the thing. It's really hard to be angry at people that just love on you. Like it's yeah. really hard. It's hard to have a fight with people that are just like, Oh, those people, they're just, they're serving poor people, like horrible people. Like it's really <laughs> hard to get mad at people for that. It's really hard to like, when you're, when you're taking in the outcast and when you're taking in people with differing points of view and they're like, those people are serving people that don't even think the same way as them or, or act the same way. And, and I think if you can start with that whole idea, you know, the whole like first Corinthians 14, one, it says, let love be your highest goal. Can you imagine if like, that if we filtered all of our decision-making process through yeah. that and said, okay, we're going to make love be our highest goal. When we started the church, I remember saying, we can't have, you know, it's, we're never going to have the best programs or there's always going to be someone with better music or there's always going to be someone with better lights. Well, I don't know. Mapleview's got pretty good lights, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you can always find someone with better of that, but can you find someone that cares more? And if that's our barometer, if that's like our measure of success, like how much are we actually caring? How much, how much are it, it, if the community wins, then we win. And if you can be, begin to think like that, it isn't just about growing the church. It's about like seeing the community be successful and, and seeing it wins and find out those areas that where the community is hurting and, and say, okay, like, just like Jesus did, he walked around and he went and he found the people that were on the margins and likewise in our lives, if we look around and say, okay, who's not here? Who's the people that are hurting in our community? Start there. Then that's a pretty good thing. Yeah. And, and it, what, from working with church planners and planning a church yourself, what are some maybe cool moments where uh, kind of mm -hmm. reaching out and going above and beyond have actually made a way? Like, do you have any yeah. good, you always, Jason's so I, full of stories. If you know Jason, <laughs> he's got a story for literally everything yeah it's like this is see my old man beard that i have right now <laughs> and it that means that there's stories attached as soon yeah. as you have, like, old man beard transitions so. you from maverick to yeah, sage it's, yeah, yes. the, mm. <laughs> yeah. so my wife is uh, gonna rebel against the beard very soon it's my covid lockdown beard but anyways um so some stories on that. So a good one, we, there's a few churches that were getting going to start this past year, like in COVID, like, and they're so disappointed. So it was like a year ago, Easter, they were supposed to kick off. And, and this one guy, he's like, he was just, he called me. He's like, oh man, we had this big kickoff planned. What are we going to do? And, and so I said, okay, well, you know, start by loving on the community. This gives you a few more months to love on your community before you begin. And so he's like, okay, well, what, what can we do? So anyways, long story short, he started and they, they went to, uh, they, they were like checking around with what the needs were in the community. And they found out that uh, grocery stores, there, there was a disconnect with the lockdown from people ordering, seniors that were ordering their groceries online and getting them. They didn't have the manpower. So they just had the handful of volunteers that they had to start their church with. They just said to the grocery store, well, whatever you need, we'll, we'll deliver groceries for you. And they're like, well, we can't, we can't, we, we can't even hire you. We don't have the money. And they said, that's fine. We're just going to deliver them. So seniors oh, get the cool. groceries. And they did that and it started like a motion. They went and they started making gowns for the, the nursing homes, uh, COVID gowns. And so they, they had a little space that they'd rented that they were going to use for a service, but instead they just turned it into a production facility. And 
all of a sudden other community groups got on board and these guys launched in the fall now and they just so many ways they went to all these places and gave out gift cards to essential workers with just little notes and just ways to love on it and their church that was going to launch with a handful of people launched and they actually had to go to multiple services right off the bat when they launched in the fall just because so many people loved what they were doing before they even really officially began because they they led with love they led and said okay we're here to serve and make our community better and so that's kind of cool stuff like I think when you lead that way, good things always happen. Yeah. And I, I, these are good examples because they're tangibles. Like yeah. they're simple like, things that really anybody could do. Anybody you know? could whip out a sewing machine and make it. Well, maybe not well, anybody, yeah. but um, Carla, Carla you know, could do Carla it for could us. Do it. Uh, and we'll, me, we'll go get her coffee or tea. So, yeah, that's, that's right. But anyone can deliver groceries for the uh, totally. some seniors. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not rocket science, but it's uh, just tangible ways to love on people. So over the years of you pastoring in the experience that you do have and trying mm-hmm. to move people along, that's one of the things that especially community, you would take mm-hmm. people who would come in and you're kind of setting this culture of community first, not community of the church, but the like water down where the church was. What are some of the misconceptions that people have that maybe keep them from thinking that they're the person who could do something about someone else's yeah. issue? Um, I think oftentimes we think, well, I can't do anything big. And so we, we look at people that do really big things. And so we say, well, I can't do that. So I'll do nothing. And so I think we often overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in the long haul. And so if we, if we begin and say, you know what, I'm just going to start and just start serving and loving on people. It might be really small. We started uh, Scott, you were part of like, we did these things for, uh, we had a large Mexican migrant worker community. Yeah. And we started, it was so small. Like we started with just a little bit of food for literally like five guys and nothing of much significance. Now it's turned into a ministry. Even after I left, I talked to the lady that's, that's running it and, and they're, they're serving literally hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, on a, on a, every two weeks doing events and activities and connections. And yeah. And so uh, I think sometimes we overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate the long term, And it should be the other way around. Like if we begin to say, okay, let me be in this for a long haul and, and something like little bits over time uh, yield big results. I think the other misconception is that you say, well, I'm struggling with my own stuff and, and I'm not in a good place right now. I hear this all the time. So people say, well, you know what, when I get my act together, when I get my life in order, um, I just need a little me time right now. Just a little focus on me. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, but (laughs) the thing is you'll never get out of your, you'll never get out of yourself. And so I think the key is in your brokenness. And this is the beauty of the gospel is that in our brokenness, it's actually, that's when Christ is strongest in us. And, and as we, when we say, okay, I'm struggling but I'm going to try and, and help someone. It's like God opens the door to greater things as we do that. As we begin to say, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to help somebody. And, and that was some of the, the magic of community. We get people serving right away um, that don't have all their stuff together. And they're like, I can't believe I'm working at a church right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. nuts. You know what I mean? And I'm making pancakes for people or I'm serving hot dogs to people or I'm, cleaning up trash at an event or whatever, you know, I'm renovating some, uh, 
some lady that's been through an abusive relationships home and I, I don't have my stuff together, but I think as you get out of that, yeah, those are some of those misconceptions. I I think you're right on the humility piece that you kind of started with because at least our generation or at least our age group, I would say, normally we like Mm -hmm. to post the highlight part, Mm -hmm. like the finished product of, Oh, this guy went and did this amazing thing. And that's Mm -hmm. normally what picks up the most traction. And so if our experience or our contribution is not that, it can be mm-hmm. easy to feel like, well, it's even worth doing at all. Which, of course, mm-hmm. I think from the outside looking in, we can go, well, that's obviously not the right heart and spirit of why mm-hmm. we want to be participating and engage people's lives. But we can sometimes become a victim of our own culture of, well, unless it's big and flashy, yeah. why even do it? Is there even yeah. a point in doing it if, if no one knows that it happens? Right? That can be yeah. part of the challenge. And that's where I would say the best moments of your life won't be Instagram real. Like the very, like if the very best moments of your life will not be things caught on Instagram. Because, See, that's a sage thing. Yeah. That's a sage comment. Look at, look at the wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think in our lives, if we're living for that, like what we put out there, yeah, that curated life versus the involved and there's going to be messiness and there's going to be people like some of the conversations that I've had and the people that you know, sat in my house around the dinner table. Um, they wouldn't make the fancy Instagram reel, but man, they've changed my heart and they've actually brought a freedom over my life when you involve yourself with, uh, with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have young adults across Barry, Barry area, the barrier, mm-hmm. and they want to get started. Maybe they're inspired. They go, you know what? You're right. I want to do something about this. Mm-hmm. I want to lead with my, I want to leave my witness with what I can do, not just what I can say. Mm-hmm. One thing we were saying before is one of the people who are the first to step in, not the people to have the last word. And so yeah. what are some practical things that everyday believers can begin to do, even small things that might mm-hmm. seem insignificant that can make way to some of the greater things that God wants to do in our lives? Yeah. One of the things I think it just being intentional. So starting like one of the things I do is color code my schedule. Uh, and I used to make my staff do this and they loved it. Like Scott <laughs> loved it. And like, but, you can't be all as organized as I am. Yeah, yeah. That's really- so, <laughs> but color coding for when I'm actually serving people. And it's amazing if you look back on your week and you can see exactly in your week where you were serving people. And if it's not like, I don't see a lot of that color. It's like an immediate indicator in my life. Like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, so So starting with an intentionality is step one. And then just like practically, like go out and, okay, where can I get a part of things? Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel and start something. So go to organizations and you know, it's a great question to ask when you, when you find areas to serve is say, um, where's, where do you have in your organization that you cannot get somebody to serve in? Where can, where do you never get volunteers? And guess what? you'll always find somewhere. If you go in and say, you know, (laughs) I only want to do it this time and this time. But if you go in and just say, you know, and and as a church, that's how we always led as a church. And just, we went to everything and said, where can you get no one to sign up? Like I remember our first gig as a church was, was cleaning up for the parade. And we were literally cleaning the crap from the horses. And we were going with the shovels and like in the parade, all the, all the horses that would poop is because no one else wanted to do that. But it's as you do those things and then they say, oh, they're willing to do whatever. And it's like, and, and that was Jesus' example, you know, washing the feet. So at, start with like, what are, what, where does nobody else want to volunteer and start with that? 
I also say pay attention to the people and the situations that annoy you. Um, those are usually your greatest mission field. So the little interruptions and the time delays in your life or, you know, the moments of people that are really irritating uh, you, those are usually the moments that God's actually like, okay, I'm prepping you for something here. So it might just be, you know, the other day for me, it was, I was going for a walk with uh, my wife and my son and, and I, I'm like, oh, there's some lady, she drove right in there and got stuck and in this area. And I'm like, oh, what a fool. And then I'm driving by and then I'm like, oh, no, I think, Lord, this is where you're telling me. So I back my truck up and we're shoving her out and getting covered in snow. But, it, but, but literally she's, she's like, tears are running down her face because this is a huge moment. And it's little moments like that, that just like very small things, like in the big scheme of it, it took me like, half an hour or whatever. But those are the moments that are usually the open door conduits that God actually is like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to give you something else or greater. And so it's like those little moments. Um, sometimes it's just asking people how their day went and being willing to listen. We're in a culture that's so busy. And um, sometimes like I was at a, I was at a, a store doing takeout, not breaking the rules and uh, <laughs> the customer in front of me was just so rude to the guy behind the counter. He actually took his money and threw it in the guy's face. And, and he was, you could see he was like emotionally distraught and, and just taking a second to process. And, and then it opens the door for like a lot of other things and you can speak some life in and yeah, you, you'll never uh, discount those moments along the way. So little things, find the little things like that and just say, okay, I'm going to serve. I talk to your pastors. I think like they would have a laundry list of great opportunities to serve the community and, uh, and actually come up with some ideas. Maybe there's stuff you're just driving by. I used to always say, if there's stuff that you drive by every day and you're like, oh man, if only somebody like maybe make that somebody you and yeah. say, okay, let's, let's start with there. I remember this guy we had working in, he would drive by the school and you talk about how this local school kept their property. So like disheveled, like they just the junk was all over. And, and he would talk to me about like, isn't it brutal? And I said, well, maybe it's time for you to go to that school and volunteer and like <laughs> clean it up, you know? And he's like, no, that's not. And so he, anyways, long story short, he did. And he became like the guy that cared. So it was kind of cool. Well, I think one of the, hopefully one of the bonuses that come out of lockdown and all this COVID stuff is maybe a realization of maybe how busy we can be kind of like yeah. you're saying, like hopefully people come out of this being like, man, I actually enjoyed being able to spend time with my family yeah. or being at home more and mm -hmm. kind of your story about even helping the person out of the ditch. It's really an intentionality to be willing to kind of pull the thread a little bit and mm -hmm. see what comes of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's almost like, are you willing to even, bother yourself be inconvenienced like we talked about the story in our we have our young life download before this the story of the guys picking up the paralyzed man on the mat and they had to bring mm. him to jesus and mm. they could have sat there and been like you know that jesus heals it's a very different story of this one jesus heals have a great day like it like there's no yeah. miracle we'll pray they, for you yeah we'll pray <laughs> yeah. the christian good luck yeah like they yeah. actually had to pull the thread of that and follow through and yeah. see what was going to happen because of that? I, I think so many times it's this, the whole Christian life is about being sensitive. So sometimes we're waiting for the Holy spirit to like lightning bolt us or like, you know, write something in the sky or have someone give us a prophetic word or something like so powerful. And it's really about just nudges. It's like the little nudges in your heart. And you like, 
usually when there's a nudge to help somebody or like, hmm, I should do something there, it that's the Holy Spirit. You know, Galatians 5, uh, 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us be in step with the Spirit. And just beginning to be obedient, as you say, pull the thread or or listen to the nudge in your heart. Like if there's a nudge to to send somebody a text or to to do something nice or to write a card and send it in the mail or just give a gift card. Like I, I keep in my car, like a, a whole thing of gift cards. And then it's just amazing how like, hey, can I get a ride? Can I get a ride somewhere? That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> little, little Tim Horton gift cards. And it's amazing how, when you have those in there, there'll be little nudges. Like God will just say, Hey, just give that person something, you know what I mean? Just a little thing. Like it's so small, but it just can be a, like a, a, just a conduit, an open door to, to other things. And like, what's the worst that could happen? Let's say you're wrong. Let's say it's not a nudge of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, well, I'm just going to choose to do something good today. Like, yeah. I, like God's not in the business of punishing you because you tried to be faithful and you misinterpreted. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And yet yeah. it, it fills us with a confidence over time. Kind of like any sort of muscle. You know, Ooh. you and I are very familiar with working out and being physically fit. And as Gunshot. as you kind of work that muscle, it just becomes more natural. And mm-hmm. I think the comfort level to be willing to be the person to, even like yourself, where you're driving by someone in a ditch, how many times I've driven by someone in a ditch and I didn't stop necessarily. And yet I think it makes a way for us to begin to train our brain to think that way. And that's mm-hmm. a part of the being renewed of our mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just that now we are theologically enlightened but it's about retraining our brain, even in the practical things of life to display and show kindness in everyday life. Yeah. As James says, faith without action is dead. And so it's just saying, okay, little steps, you know, one of the good questions to ask yourself at the end of every day, did I make the world better today? Did I lighten someone's load? Corinthians talks about that. Like we're to lighten the load of others. And did I lighten the load or did I actually add burden to them? Mm. Was my online comments lightening their load or was it adding? (laughs) Oh yeah. Was was (laughs) my, was like, how do I serve the community? To, did it like just little things? Did, did I lighten the load for somebody today? Did I make the world better? And if we can just incrementally, little by little, start to do that, it, it has big dividends long term. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining us. Practical yeah. steps and, and really achievable things. I think that's what we want to always leave people with is okay, you got me hooked. Now what? Mm-hmm. And I think those are great steps to be sensitive and aware of kind of those small moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the idea of planning to be generous, like having mm-hmm. a stack of gift cards in your car. You've already done the work of preparing yourself and planning or keeping $50 in your pocket that you know that's your, mm-hmm. all right, that's my nudge money. All right, God. Yeah. Or maybe it's 20 or maybe it's 10. It doesn't have to be 50, but uh, awesome, awesome steps. Uh, I want to remind everybody, you know, we're doing our uh, Valentine's Day letters for Roberta Place. And it's a simple way that we can kind That's of practice so this. And yeah. so if you want to be involved, tomorrow is the collection day, Tuesday. Uh, they need to have some time to quarantine, <coughs> quarantine the letters to make sure we're not the source of any more problems. <laughs> Don't be the super spreader so, of, the yeah. of love. Yeah. If you want to get involved, you can message us online at the young life, uh, the I young so dot life. What a great practical way yeah, on Instagram. Awesome. And we're going to collect them on Tuesday and send them out on Tuesday. So this is your last ditch reminder that if you want to join us this Tuesday, we're collecting them. You can message me directly or through the channel. It'd be awesome to have you again, Jason. Thank you. Why don't you tell everybody where you are? If they want to uh, follow more Jason, small wisdom or the new churches network, what do you have to uh, 
So as far as my social media stuff, so it's yeah, man. Jason David Small, you can oh, uh, follow yeah. me there or newchurchesnetwork.ca uh, and you can follow us there. Or we live on Ardaw Street in uh, Barrie, <laughs> and so you can come on by there. And so <laughs> He's got a hot tub. You guys could stop by. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, make sure you follow Jason, New Churches Network. They're always posting great stories of cool stuff that new churches are doing. Uh, you'll hear and some awesome, just cool people that are doing incredible things. Jason's notorious for getting himself into weird situations that no one else that I know gets himself into. So those at, l- at least are worth the follow. Uh, so why don't you go check them out? And if you feel so inclined, you can also support a new church and uh, donate some of the work that they're doing. It'd be awesome. Well, again, thank you, Jason. Uh, we'll be sure to definitely have you back. We had you at Young Life Conference and everybody loved it then. And so we'll definitely, definitely going to have you back again. But for everybody else, the beard will be gone by then. But no, I'll, the I'll, mustache will rise from the the ashes there you of go, the beard. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get you a tank top. Well, everybody else, uh, back to the cast. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you come on and be a part of Young Life. We had him two years ago now. I I was thinking maybe last year, but time has been moving on an infinite vortex of just who knows what day it is. But I think it was two years ago we had Jason come for our Young Life conference, and he was the talk of the town then, and I trust that he was awesome for you tonight. Uh, Every time Jason speaks, I'm always inspired in ways to be more involved and intentional uh, in my own life. And I always joke with Jason that, Every time anybody asks him to come speak at a conference or any of like the leadership stuff that he's doing, they always get him to come speak about community involvement. And it's kind of my running joke to just make fun of him for that. But in all reality, uh, it's not really a terrible thing to be remembered for that you are the guy who knows how to bring the kingdom to your local community. I feel like that's kind of a humble brag. It's awesome. Uh, let us be the people to first step in, not the people who always need to have the final word. It's a great reminder. Uh, I want to make mention tonight, normally we'd have a, another cast conversation and get a chance to goof off. But tonight I want to make mention of tomorrow We are is the last day you can submit letters for our Roberta Place. We are writing Valentine's Day letters, a really practical way as we're talking about being involved in our community. This is a really simple thing you can do. Uh, we're writing a Valentine's Day card to the residents at Roberta Place. Been on the national news almost every night for the last few weeks or a week or so uh, for the impact of the coronavirus at their residents. And so, if we can just do a simple thing to let them know that there's a community of young adults that are thinking about them and care about them, uh, it's just a little small glimmer of how God feels about them. And so, we want to be as active as we can be. You can drop them off in the mailbox at the church. So, when you drive into the roundabout, there's a little slot in the door. You can put your letters in there. And I'm going to be collecting them on Tuesday. The reason why it's so early is they need to be uh, adequately quarantined so that they can hand them out in time for Valentine's Day. And so if you want to send a letter or have a letter, you can message me directly through uh, our Young Life channel at the Life. That would be amazing. Again, such a simple thing we can do. And, you know, I want us to be a little bit more intentional and begin to think of ways, even in the circumstances we find ourselves in, uh, I, even just small little gestures like this that we can begin to exemplify our faith. And so why don't you check it out? It's going to be awesome. But as we go tonight, uh, we want to know a time in your life, question of the week, when kindness has made all the difference in your life. Maybe it's a person in your life that has been a constant or just a small gesture that was really meaningful to you. Uh, you can, of course, submit it on Instagram at theyoung.life. We have our poll there. And if it's a longer form one, I feel like this one could be a lot longer. Uh, you could email us directly at theyounglife.online. You can check it out at the very bottom. You can send us a message. 
But that's enough for me. I want to hear from Ben and Aiden. We've had two weeks of the Young Life Small Group happening. And uh, this is, I promise, my last final push. You need to check it out, 7.30 on Sunday nights. Boys, why should people be coming? People should come because it's just great community. It's great community. It's great fellowship. And it's just um, an amazing time that we can have to uh, spend with each other, see each other's faces, and grow in our relationship with God. And that's what, totally. what it's all about. And that's, uh, that's it. Yeah. And, and the book of James is pretty, uh, it's so practical. Like if yeah. you're, uh, don't be nervous about, Oh, am I going to understand? Or is it like this big high minded conversation? It's really practical for things in our life. What about Ben is like the mastermind a little bit Ben <laughs> did the, the first week and, uh, teacher Ben ladies, he's also just brilliant. He's just a smart Dude, Ben, any, any, oh, okay, uh, I want to give you a sales pitch. I want people should come I don't even join have and to hang roast out. Ben anymore. <laughs> Every single time I open my mouth, it is followed by Scott with some remark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, small group is amazing. Uh, part of the reason I love them is because it's a chance that we actually get to talk and interact with each other, especially since everything is all online and pre recorded can feel a little distant. Uh, so totally. a small group is a place where we can come and talk and engage and build relationships and talk about the word of God, which is mm. amazing. So if you haven't tried it out, come and try it out one week. It's not an obligation. You're not going to get lost because you were missed the first week. Uh, they're all kind of yeah. independent. So I encourage you to come try it out at least one week and see how you like it. And yeah. if you're late, it's not a big deal too. You can always join in at any time. It's, it's uh it's a good, it's a good time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Live is great. Who would ever do pre-recorded content and put it out there? Like, yeah, who, like mess would up multiple ever, takes. who would ever do that? Yeah. There's multiple takes happening. Your internet drops out. Like that just sounds terrible. You're right. Yeah. Down. Like Scott, Scott messes <laughs> up the same part three times and we all have to sit here and no, record. They it don't need it's to movie, know movie how magic, many times man. this takes. This is the first <laughs> time. In fact, we're live. Of course, pre-recorded, terrible. This is all right. live, of course. So the other works. thing I want to make mention of is uh, our very own Jody Speck will also be starting a ladies Bible study in the next few weeks going through the book of Acts. And so ladies, if you want to join a small group and you're looking for a place to get connected with other girls specifically, uh, you can do so with Jody. There's going to be more information coming out very soon. But uh, as we go tonight, my last reminder, we do want to hear of a time that kindness has made all the difference in your life, as well as tomorrow, you can drop off the last day to drop off your letter for Roberta Place. You can drop it in the mail slot at the front service door of the church, just to the side there. I'll have a little sign there in case you can't find it. Uh, but it's so good to be with you. We'll see you next Monday night at seven o'clock here at The Young Life. 